Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns, and I am so, so excited to be here as your host uh, to talk about mindfulness and talk about mindfulness practices and emotional intelligence that arises from these uh, mindfulness practices and also the really wonderful benefit, the really vital benefit of stress reduction. Um, I am so happy to tell you that, um, you know, I might have a few more listeners today. Uh, you know, if my voice sounds a little scratchy again today, uh, you know, Sundays nights, I do this, um, this seminar about stress reduction on Eventbrite. It's like an online, um, uh, presentation that I give. And last night was the greatest. I just had such a good time. Uh, had some great questions and answers and, and actually, um, you know, we had to do a little Q and a session at the end. And, and last night's was just particularly engaged and, and we, we stayed on the, on the call for almost two hours. And, uh, so my voice might be a little scratchy, but, um, this was like really, really cool. So some people, while I was in the question and answer period, people were looking up the podcast and subscribing to it while we were talking. I was so, so gratified by that. So if you're out there listening today, any of you, uh, welcome. You know who you are, and uh, I'm glad to have you here. So um, anyway, uh, pardon me for the scratchy voice if it's if it's uh, if it sounds scratchy to you. Uh, it feels scratchy on my end, I guess. But um, it's also very tiring because after after I get done with that. Um, that presentation, I have to set up the next one. So it's like two or three hours worth of, you know, computer work. And it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> am I a little cross-eyed tired after that? But, um, but anyway, I'm also really happy that to see that, um, that my last podcast about compassion has a lot of listens. And that's really, really gratifying to me also, because, um, you know, compassion is really, really, really helpful, especially when we talk about, uh, both mindfulness and with re- stress reduction specifically. Um, and also emotional intelligence, you know, compassion, um, is about, you know, the, the sort of it, you know, how it relates to mindfulness is that compassion is about, you know, being present with, with the feelings that you have for, you know, for someone else's well being. you know, as you know, I've told you here many times, mindfulness is basically broken down into three different sort of, uh, spheres of practice, right? So you have focused attention and you have open awareness and you have kind intention. Those three three uh, ingredients create this, you know, this dish of mindfulness that we talk about, you know, and, uh, and how it relates to emotional intelligence is that, you know, in order to feel compassion, we first must feel empathy. Okay. And as you know, and, and feeling empathy, we, in order to feel empathy, we first must develop self-awareness. Now, self-awareness and empathy are two of the five main domains of, um, of emotional intelligence. So, so it just stands to reason that, uh, by practicing compassion, we will, um, you know, we will develop a sense of emotional intelligence, you know, through that practice alone, right? Or, or, and, and flip side of that is that as we develop emotional intelligence, we are automatically going to start developing uh, and practicing more compassion. So it's like sort of this really beautiful, um, you know, sort of uh, feedback loop, if you will. Um, and then finally, how, how compassion relates to stress reduction, right? Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, as you know, stress, re- stress is all about the, the sense that something is going to be wrong, like, like that we, we are somehow going Going to be hurt by something, right? That there's going to be a, a, a negative impact on our well-being, okay? And by practicing compassion, 
what we're doing is we're doing two different things. Number one, we're focusing our attention on on the positive nature of our interpersonal communi- you know, interpersonal relationships, right? And when we do that, right, we we then kind of take ourselves out of our own sort of uh, selfing, as they say in in psychology. You know, we we take ourselves out of this sort of obsessive thoughts about all the things that might be wrong in our lives. You know, so it's uh so it's just the act of compassion is very very powerful in. In, uh, in reducing that level of stress, right? Um, and then also, you know, like gratitude, I talked about the other day, you know, compassion is kind of about paying attention to the good that people, you know, like, you know, because, you know, even though compassion is about suffering with someone, like it's, it's about feeling their suffering and then wanting something to be better about their suffering, in a way, it's, it's also about kind of paying attention to the good in people, right? And to, and to express that sort of uh, well, well, wishing, you know, is, is sort of like keeping us on the positive side of that, you know, negative, positive thought, you know, mental state kind of thing. Right. And so, and so, yeah, so I'm really happy that a lot of people have listened to that episode. It's really gratifying to me. And, um, and so today I wanted to go a little bit further, um, and and talk about something that I, I definitely have covered this at some point in the past here. Um, I know I remember it. These, these episodes definitely start to, you know, kind of meld together, uh, uh, after a while, but uh, but I know this has come up for sure. Um, and and what I'm talking about is forgiveness. Okay, and um, you know, before I get into that though, let me do my usual spiel about uh, about mindfulness being a practice. Okay, because this is important. I know I say spiel. I don't mean to dim, you know to diminish the the impact and the importance of of this by using that word spiel. It's not you know that's not my intention. Um, but but the but I, I talk about this a lot and and it and it feels spiely you know and I and I and I apologize if it feels repetitive to you uh, because I know there's some people who listen to this podcast over and over and over again. But but it's really really important and and it's important for you like if if you start to talk to people about mindfulness because one of the things that came up in the call last night one of the questions people asked was was how can I get other people to do this mindfulness you know like how can I get my family members or my friends to get into this mindfulness too, you know, and, and my answer to that is, is very simple, you know, it's, it's kind of like thinking about it as a Huck Finn kind of thing, right, um, you know, it's not about, you know, kind of pushing somebody into doing mindfulness, right, what it is, is it's more about, you know, just living mindfulness yourself, you know, through the practices and letting the, the qualities arise from these practices, and when people see that, they will be attracted to it, and then more often than not, it will not be you pushing somebody, but it'll be somebody coming to you and asking you, like, what is it you're doing <laughs> that's making this happen? Like, like why you, you seem to be in such a good mood all the time. You seem to be so much happier. You seem to be, you know, like reacting to things differently, or you're kinder to me, or you're, you know, all these kinds of things, right? And, and then you can, and, and the reason why I want to talk about now about how mindfulness must be practiced, okay? So when people do come to you and ask you those questions, then you, you really kind of have to tell them the same thing that I'm telling you is that there's only one way to get there. And that is through practice. You know, uh, you know, I could sit here like, just like you could, you could sit there and talk to your 
family and friends, just like I talk to you about all the different topics of mindfulness. You know, you could have them listen to this podcast. You could have them read books. You could have them, um, you know, do, do any number of things to learn about mindfulness, you know, but none of that will result in the, the, the end, you know, product of, you know, of emotional intelligence and stress reduction and lower reactivity and, uh, and more patience and more trust and more the ability to let go, the ability to keep a curious mind. You know, none of those results will happen unless you're going to do the daily practice because, you know, it's all about sort of retraining our mind to, to, to behave in a different way from how we've behaved our whole life. And that's the whole point of this, right? So, uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there, you know, again, that, that mindfulness must be practiced. It's not something you just learn. Okay. You do learn it. You, there is a part of it that is about learning, you know, because, you know, the, the stuff that I talk about here and the, you know, 163 episodes now that I've done here, you know, um, you know, they're very important to understand these concepts, you know, and it's very helpful to sort of, you know, get these concepts, you know, in your understanding, but, Without practicing, it's just not going to produce the results. You know, that, that's the bottom line, all right? So, so anyway, again, I just kind of like, I feel obligated to, to just make sure that I say that on almost every single episode here because of how important it really is, okay? Um, so now, on to forgiveness, okay? Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, I just did a little video for social media. Uh, every day I do a little video that kind of mirrors what I talk about here, but it's kind of like a digest, you know? And, uh, and I like to do the digest first. It's kind of, I don't know, it's just something that works for me. Um, so I just did this video and the way I introduced the concept uh, of forgiveness was I asked, I asked the camera, <laughs> um, I asked, when, when you hear the word forgiveness, what thoughts come to your mind? You know, and, and most people, you know, the thoughts that start to come to mind are thoughts of weakness, right? Or, or granting license to someone for having done something wrong to us, right? Or, or condoning or, or acquiescence or, you know, things like, you know, very passive and, and, uh, and sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, passive notions, right? And, and, and also, you know, very, very much in the weakness, like a lot of people associate uh, uh, forgiveness with weakness, you know, and, and the, the bottom line is though, because I think that the, you know, the, the root of that is that people feel as though if they, you know, if they, if they grant forgiveness for, for somebody having done something wrong to them, right. Then, then they are going to, you know, kind of signal that, you know, that, well, I'm just a pushover and you can just do that stuff to me all the time, you know? And, um, and I get that logic, you know, I'm a parent, so I definitely get that logic, you know? Because the idea is like you know, as you you know, a lot of a lot of parenting techniques are kind of akin to like training children as though they're kind of you know pets or something, and you know you you kind of you know you can't like allow them to do things or else they'll keep doing it and they'll you know kind of develop these bad habits. And to a certain degree, I, I agree with that stuff, but uh, other degrees I don't. Um, but but so so I, I get that you know I get the the concept that people feel that that forgiveness is somehow you know, uh, this sign of weakness, you know, it's sort of about, you know, I had one client who, who, um, you know, one of the things that she really, really wanted to work on with me was this sense of like constant, you know, anger and aggression that she had towards people. And the one thing that she always would say was that, um, was that when somebody did something wrong to her, she felt she needed to do something wrong to them to level the playing field. That's the word she kept using is level the playing field. And a lot of people kind of consider forgiveness 
forgiveness as this sort of unleveling of the playing field, right? The, the you know, sort of acquiescence of that dominant position, you know? And, um, and again, I get that. I get why you think that. And, and I'm not going to say that you're completely wrong to, to think that. However, um, I would like to just pose a different angle on what forgiveness might be, okay? And, and let you come to your own conclusions about that, okay? Because, because in fact, you know, far, far, far from the, the sense of weakness, you know, forgiveness is actually what requires strength and courage, you know, um, to, to be able to forgive someone. To, so in other words, for, to be able to not hold a grudge, right, is, is the thing that actually requires us to, to be brave and to be strong and to, and to stand up and say, okay, you know, you've done this thing wrong to me, but I'm still going to forgive you for it. You know, that, that's not weak, you know, it's really not. Um, but here's the thing, and, and, and let's turn it around a little bit more, okay, and talk about, instead of talking about forgiveness, let's Let's talk about unforgiveness, right? Let's talk about the opposite of what forgiveness is, right? And so, so the opposite of forgiveness, obviously, is unforgiveness, right? Or, or a lot of people would consider holding a grudge, right? And so when we do that, right, when we, when we hold a grudge, when we, when we refuse to, to even allow ourselves to consider forgiveness, right, which is that, that sense of holding a grudge, like saying, like, I don't care what happens. I am not going to forgive you for what you did to me. You know, when, when we do that, what we're doing then is we're actually clinging to what it is that is wrong. Like we're clinging to that thing. We're clinging to the act that, the, that, that happened, like that thing that we're not forgiving, right? Whether it's somebody, you know, an action or words or, or you know, an expression or whatever it is, right? Um, you know, we're, we're you know, we're, we're clinging to that action, right? And, and by clinging to that action, we're going to kind of, you know, we're going to kind of like, you know, hold it in our minds and in our bodies and, and, you know, kind of repeat it over and over and over again. And you probably see where this is going with, with regards to stress reduction. Okay. But not only are we clinging to the action, but we're also clinging to the person, Right. So it's, it's almost like, you know, like, like, you know, like we, but by refusing to forgive someone for having done something, whether it's something small or large or anything in between, right. By refusing to forgive someone, right. What we're doing is we're, we're kind of locking ourselves in this embrace with them. Right. And so, and so if that's, you know, if, you know, if, if you're thinking about holding a grudge, I would think that the one thing that you would want to do is push that person away, you know, like get out of it, like, you know, be done with it, right? But in fact, when we, you know, only through forgiveness can we do that, right? When we, when we practice this non-forgiveness, when we hold this grudge, we, we kind of attach ourselves to this person. We hold them there. And, and like, and, and, and the problem now with stress reduction, okay, and the way that this really does relate to stress reduction, right, is that, you know, when we think about, you know, now remember the human brain, right, and the human mind produces 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day, Okay, and and 95% of those are, are automatic, right? So if you're in the habit of holding grudges against people, right? Because people are always going to do things that you, you feel are wrong to you, right? They're all, it's always going to happen, right? Somebody's going to bump your fender. Somebody's going to cut you off in, on the road. Somebody's going to, you know, uh, you know, take, you know, yesterday, uh, my, my family and I were at this little bagel shop and, and my, 
one of and, and we were clearly this you know wasn't really very crowded and we were clearly a group of four you know like my family is pretty you know loud when we enter a room and the, this guy actually held the door for us to get into the bagel shop so he you know he saw all four of us together and yet when when my daughter and I were sitting there waiting for my wife and my son to join us the guy took one of our chairs from the table and, and like you know just walked back across the room with it and you know, and, and so like even things like that, you know, things are always going to happen where you're kind of like, yo, WTF, like, you know, like, like, you know, like you feel like, you know, you don't want to be, you know, sort of, um, you know, you don't want to be insulted by that. You don't want to be taken advantage of somehow by that. Right. But but again, if I had engaged in that non-forgiveness and I had acted on that non-forgiveness, what do you think would have come from that? Right. Some sort of conflict that, you know, my children would have seen me yelling at this guy and him yelling back at me or something and it just would have been like so messy you know and so and so and and this is the thing right so uh, you know I'm sorry to to mean to digress here but but there's there's tons and tons and tons of times in your life where you're going to have the decision whether to forgive someone or to not forgive someone right even you know whether it's something as simple as a guy taking a chair from a table at a bagel store or it's or it's somebody you know hitting your car or or you know there's been even uh, a a lot of studies done with even burn victims, right? Like like people who have serious burns, right? That that this is always some level of, of blame involved, right? Either blaming yourself for doing something wrong or blaming somebody for creating a condition in which you got really badly hurt, right? So so whether it's tiny little things or immense huge things, right? You're going to be faced with so many opportunities where you have the choice to either forgive or to not forgive, okay? And here's the thing, okay? Getting back to my point about the stress reduction involved with all this, right? Or, or the lack of stress reduction involved with all this, okay? When you decide that you don't want to forgive someone, right? Like when you, when you refuse to forgive someone for something that they've done to you, right? Again, whether it's something small or something large, right? What happens is you will wind up thinking about that over and over and over again. I mean, it could easily be 30 or 40 times a day. You know, like I just thought about that guy in the bagel shop, you know, like it's, you know, something so insignificant, it still comes up in your mind and it's going to, right? Because again, the negativity bias in your, in your mind is something that you're always going to be paying attention to those things that are bothering you, that, that are making you feel unsafe or somehow, you know, off in whatever way, right? And so, so whether it's little tiny things or huge things, you are going to think about them over and over and over again, right? Likely to be, again, easily 30 or 40 times a day. And here's the thing, folks, <laughs> okay? When you, and this has been studied by, you know, I have in my notes, I have at least five or six different doctors who have done studies about this, you know, um, you know, over the course of decades. Right. So, so this is very, very well-founded science. Okay. Pretty unequivocal science out there. Okay. That shows through not even pretty unequivocal, very unequivocal science out there that shows through study after study after study that, that when we refuse to forgive, Okay, when we simply just just don't even acknowledge the possibility of forgiveness, right? We produce cortisol. Okay, we produce cortisol, which is the stress hormone, right? And when we produce cortisol, our 
blood pressure rises, our, our heart rate increases, our respiratory system, you know, gets all out of whack and, and speeds up, your, your uh, hippocampus shuts down, your, um, uh, your digestive system shuts down, among several other things that are designed to, to get you into the fight or flight you know, mode of your body, the survival mode of your body, right? And, but, you know, but again, when, when this becomes a product of our thoughts, it becomes constant, okay? And so, so literally you could be thinking about, and this is just one instance, right? Like, let's say one person bumped you in, in Walmart today, you know, and was very rude to you and, and, and made you feel very uncomfortable. You will think about that one thing. If you refuse to forgive that person, you are like, and again, this is backed by lots and lots of data. You are likely to think about that instance 30 to 40 times or more per day, each time injecting cortisol into your body. Okay. And that's just one instance. Let's say three things happened to you today <laughs> that you are, which, which is not uncommon. You know, there's nothing uncommon about three or four different things happening in a given day that would, you know, give you the choice to either forgive or not forgive. So what I'm trying to say is that this can contribute so strongly to the stress that you're feeling in your body. Okay. Like immensely. Okay. It can be, it can be 90% of the stress that you're feeling in your body. Okay. Simply the idea of forgiveness. Okay. That that's all that we're talking about here. Okay. And, um, you know, again, so we can talk about it on an emotional level, right? Which is like, you know, like, like if we're always feeling angry and we're always feeling like that kind of, you know, hard edge to us, right? And we're, we're always kind of flipping the finger to people. And we're always kind of like, you know, getting into that emotional state, then you're not going to be happy in that time. Okay. Because <laughs> that's one thing about our emotions, right? Is that they are uh, what scientists and psychologists call um, uh, inversely prohibitive, right? So, so you cannot be one and also the other at the same time, you know, so, so you cannot be happy and filling, feel filled with, you know, compassion and, and joy and, and, and living your life in, in the way that you want to live your life. If you're at the same time, you know, getting angry at people all the time or feeling anger all the time. So on an emotional level, it's going to work against you, right? It's, it's always going to make you feel, you know, like, like negative emotions. You're going to live in this constant negative emotional state, and that's not going to be a happy place place for you. Okay. It's not going to be happy. It's very unlikely to be successful for you at work in, in your, uh, you know, uh, your romantic or your social life. It's, it's likely to work against you. And if you, and if you do manage to become happy, it is in spite of all this. Right. And so, so by, by simply releasing that, you know, think of the advantage that you'll give yourself to, you know, to, you know, in terms of your goals of a happy life you know, but, but then physically, right on a hormonal level, we're talking about, it is so bad for your health. Okay. And so, and now again, forgiveness. Now, one thing I want to say about forgiveness, I know I'm going a little bit long here, but, but just humor me just for a few more minutes here. Um, you know, a lot of times when, when we, we feel like, you know, forgiveness, right? Like, like when we feel like we don't want to express forgiveness because we, you know, we, we, we don't want the other person to like have that satisfaction, right? You know, the the likelihood is, and I think I mentioned this a minute ago, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but the likelihood is that <laughs> that person has no idea, nor do they care whether you forgive them or not, 
Okay, because because that's the thing. A lot of times we feel like our anger and our ire and our our, you know, our non-forgiveness is some kind of weapon that we can like wield and, and like reach out and somehow affect somebody else's life, you know. But that's almost never the case. Okay, yes, I mean, you might be in a position where, you know, you're an employer of someone and you fire them and you blacklist them among other employers so you can get some kind of revenge by it. You know, you might go and, you know, I mean, you might be the type of person who who exacts revenge upon, you know, damage. Like somebody hits your car, you you bang their car, you know, that kind of stuff. Sure, that's possible. But but on, on most cases, right, you know, your anger and your unforgiveness is not going to affect the other person, right? In fact, Mark Twain has a great quote about this. Let me see if I can remember word for word. He says, um, anger is an acid uh, that that hurts. I can't remember exactly what he said, but um, that does more damage to the vessel in which it is stored than to the person on which it is poured. Okay, so so yeah, that's that's pretty much, I think, exactly it. So anger is an acid that, that does more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to the person on which it is poured. So so what that means is that your anger, and that's what we're talking about here, right, with these the cortisol, right? The cortisol is that acid, right? It's going to do much more harm to you than it is ever going to do to that other person, okay? So, and, and the thing is that forgiveness is so easy, right? It is really just being, I mean, it takes courage. It takes strength. It takes, you know, bravery. Okay. It, there's no joke about that. Right. And especially because we most of us grow up in this sort of habit of not forgiving. Right. And, and so, so it, it's not, maybe it's not necessarily easy, but it's very simple. Okay. Um, there are meditations that you can do, right? And, and, but you can also just, you know, kind of weave it into your mindfulness, right? Remember when we talked about the seven pillars of mindfulness, right? One of them was letting go right? Letting go of the, of the outcome, letting go of the expectations that you have, letting go of your anger and your unforgiveness. Okay. So, so you can just simply, you know, really it does become very simple and, and, and in some ways very easy. You just have to do it. You just have to accept the fact that you are going to forgive this person for doing whatever they did. Now that doesn't mean, and now, now let me be clear about something before I go again, I know I'm getting long here, but, but some of the science that I talk about and some of the data and the research, uh, you know, studies that were done, right? The, the doctors who were doing these studies, right? Specifically told the people who, who they were examining, right? Like forgiveness doesn't mean that you can't get justice. Okay. So for, for burn victims, for instance, you know, burn victims were told that, that, um, you know, that, that just express the idea of forgiveness and, and know that you can still pursue legal damages. You can still sue the person who, who created this, the conditions for you to get hurt, right? You can still get them arrested. You can still press criminal charges, right? But at the same time, just be open to forgiving them. And do you know what happened to those people, these burn victims? And I'm talking about, you know, over the course of 10 years, you know, many, many, many people, they were able to take skin grafts at a rate of four to one success rate. Okay. So, so what that means is that people who are unwilling to forgive, they would have to get four different skin grafts because their bodies were rejecting the new, the new patch of skin onto the, onto the burn. Right. Whereas the people who are, you know, just willing to, to just consider 
forgiveness. Even while pursuing legal damages and, and pressing criminal charges, those people were, were four times more likely to have the first skin graft take and, and, and heal. Right. I mean, that's kind of, you know, if, if that's all I need to hear, you know, in terms of how it affects our body. But this is also, you know, again, the stress response of your body is the survival mode. So so when your body is in the stress mode, it is not going to heal. Right. Because it doesn't need to heal right now. It's worried about what this present threat to your well-being is. Right. And so so that's why the skin grafts happen. Right. People who were able to, to forgive, they were able to lower their uh, cortisol levels get themselves out of the stress response and their body could devote the energy to healing rather than to devote it to this survival mode. All right. So anyway, that's, I just wanted to cover that today. Um, I hope you found that interesting. I hope it's helpful for you. Um, if you would like any more information about this and you would like to talk about some of the meditations you can use to, to, to help you get into forgiveness or, or, you know, or you have any questions about this, I encourage you to reach out to me. Okay. You can do that in two different ways. You can either send me an email at art at artburnscoaching.com or you can, um, you can book a little call with me. Okay. It's a completely, uh, no obligation, no cost involved. You know, it's just two people talking for 15 minutes on the phone. Okay. And I, I make you a promise. Okay. If you want to talk about getting into my program and hiring me as your coach, either as a group program or, or a one-on-one, uh, kind of thing, then, then I will let you bring that up and I will talk about that in the call, but I will never be the person who brings that up in the call. Okay. Because that's my promise to you. This is a, a, a help, you know, this is something I'm here to, to offer to you without obligation, without cost. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. If you have any questions about that, go ahead and email me. But if you want to, if you want to book the call, uh, simply go to my website, artburnscoaching.com. And really there's a guy who actually, I have a testimonial on my, on my presentation that I do, uh, on Sunday nights. And he, uh, he said like, uh, he said the reason he booked the call with me was he wanted to see how pushy I was. And he says, and you're not. And I really appreciate that. And that person in I have taught, have gone back and forth with emails a few times over the last like six weeks. He's still not in the program. Okay. And I'm still not pushing him. All right. So, so I just really want you to understand that. So go to artburnscoaching.com, uh, click on the free phone consultation tab, uh, or button and, uh, and you'll be dropped into my online calendar, uh, program. You pick a time that works for you. It automatically works for me. We'll be set up. You put in some basic information, your phone number, your name, your email, that kind of stuff. And we'll be set and we'll get on the phone with each other and we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Okay. For 15 minutes, guarantee guaranteed, uh, sometimes m- maybe longer if I don't have something else after it. And, um, and I'm, I'm here to help you folks. Okay. So if you need that, if you need more information or you need some clarification on something or, or more guidance, then please reach out. I'd be happy to help you out. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for, uh, for joining me for this extra long <laughs> podcast today. We're just about 30 minutes in and, uh, I really appreciate you listening and I'll be back again tomorrow to talk about some good stuff. All right, everybody have a great day. Bye-bye.